Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Fucking what just happened? Okay. You never say no to a dwarf in the nude. And Kraloth looks a bit concerned as well. That's right. We're rolling dice tonight. Now we're going to need some dynamite, I think. Not invented yet. Listen here, Green Whistle. If there's one thing true about me, it's that I don't think. (laughs) Not even once. It's true. And Doran looks back, a little bit of a bum blush, and he says, Oh, I'm not really sure. I almost squashed you guys. Uh I love that bum blush has become a thing. It's canon. So happy. (laughs) Hashtag bum blush. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Dice Shane. This is episode 63, Party Animal. MVP this week is Maisie Starr for her amazingly kind Podchaser review. Thank you so much, Maisie. And please, if you have a moment, go leave us a review of your own. If you're listening to this episode when it comes out, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from all of us at Dice Shame and the Invictus stream. Stay safe and thanks so much for listening this year. Merry Christmas. All right, should we get to it? Let's do it. Here we go now. La, 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 la. La la dice shame. <laughs> Very good. I don't know about you guys, but I personally always tend to fall back on wearing kind of a personal uniform mm. day in and day out. I have a standard black tank top usually mm. and like mm. Same. you know whatever kind of pants that I have going on. Yeah. But it's like it's easy. I always I have like fucking 20 black tank tops. You just, do. I fold them. I know you There's do. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I like it. it I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. I'll put like a sweater on on top but I always got my black tank top going on. And I wanted to know, we haven't ever really talked about it, but what do your characters wear? What do your characters wear? I think in one of the first few episodes, Red, you described your cloak that you wear because you mentioned your hood that covers your severed ears. But no one else really talked about it. And now that we're getting, you know, merch out there, we're having some really amazing fan art done of our characters. We're seeing like Jack in a poncho and like I just I could see. I mean (laughs) Poncho Jack. It would be a fancy poncho. It would. It would have really nice pockets. (laughs) I definitely pictured Jack as as wearing, like, if you look at, like, the 1920s archaeologists where you got people, like, digging up dinosaur bones and stuff, but they're all kind of, like, in a button-up shirt with rolled-up sleeves and a tie. Yeah, sure. I kind of mm. I kind of always see, picture him channeling that with, like, a big bag strapped around him and, you know, or, or and some kind of jacket that's a little bit too fancy to be, like, traipsing through the woods and tunnels and stuff, but it, it doesn't mm. stop him. Does Jack wear a tie? A fantasy tie? Uh, it's, it's very possible. Like, I, I don't know what a Forgotten Realms fantasy tie looks i don't think it's a bow tie but i'm thinking cravat right like that that fabric that you like tuck Asca- in yeah, yeah, Asca- yeah. Asca- yes yes <laughs> so like something just a little bit a little bit i mean too a little bit too fancy to be traipsing around in the mud jack in a nutshell but you know the thing about quality clothing is that it's durable right so like i picture you you do you go for a tumble right and then but your clothing's never ripped like it's durable and it washes well. So like, wow. yeah, you don't expect to see you traipsing around, but you are, and it suits you. Jack's got the best clothes money can buy. These yeah. are this adventuring formal wear. Now, but but he doesn't have mending. Like he's not fixing it, mm. you know, magically. Like it's it's still worn and durable. And he's he's that's what Doran you know, does. They're, they're, of course, there's a lived in quality to it, right? Like he's he's not afraid of right. of the real world in that sense. What about everyone else? Doran, for all of his rough and gruffness, he wears an armored sort of tunic that has leg flaps that go down, <laughs> that go down <laughs> and a yeah, okay, butt okay. flap, Ar- like armored leg yeah. flaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. samurai style, over top of pants. Yeah, yeah, sort of like samurai style, exactly. But no, it's not. It's funny enough. It's not torn and sh- like not torn and ragged like his personality. Mm. No, because you 
canonically, you mend everyone's shit when you have a minute in between battles at the fireside. Yeah. If there's a piece of chain mail that's like come unlinked, you're there with pliers fixing it. Yeah. If I have a tear in a jacket, it's I sew it. Yeah. And yeah. I and I cut right. off threads because I don't want threads to turn into frazz and then frizzled and then into what frazz you know frayed frayed frads frazz frayed frazz frazzle flizzer flat friend rob i was also rob you know frazzy frob (laughs) (laughs) kraloff he mostly cares about finding clothes that fit him rather than uh, you know actually style which is personally a problem that six seven real life kraloff justin has to deal with on a regular Mm -hmm. basis and one thing that he does wear that I don't know if he's going to need too much anymore. His pack has a pole that extends from it, rises up, where he would keep his lantern. When he oh. would wander around Barovia, all of right. the, the people that he would travel with, you know, would need a source of light and the lantern would hang from that. He'd cast light on whatever was inside and that's pretty neat would, actually. I like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's stylish as hell. Yeah. But he doesn't need it anymore now that he's got these goggles. I, I almost feel like because of because of Kreelos height, there's like he's wearing normal pants, but then there's a second <laughs> leg that's been sewn <laughs> out on like a different fabric. <laughs> like an extra yeah. foot long for the pant leg. I like that though. Unassuming, but you got some weird accessories. I got some weird accessories. And Red, you are a furry creature. So I mean I don't think tabaxis wear shoes, uh, but no, you have a cloak. What we wear are sort of like leg wrappings. Like it goes around mm. the heels of our feet all the way up to just below our knees. And it's sort of like you've seen me tie them tight with leather straps many times. It's almost like lacing up boots, except it leaves the front part of our feet uncovered. Mm. Um, but red it's is very interesting because being the only tabaxi you've seen besides B. Uh, you always sort of thought he dressed typical to tabaxis, but B dresses very differently. Red dresses more like a human. He wears a lot of layers, uh, a lot of cloth fabric layers uh, wrapped around himself with a breastplate. He's got half plate mithril armor mm. that is under his cloak, which lies on top. And it's sort of a mm. deep forest green cloak that now around you guys, he mainly leaves down. But when you first met him, he kept up a lot because he was a little bit more self-conscious about his ears being severed. Mm-hmm. And he's also got a shoulder pauldron on uh, only one shoulder again. Mm. Interesting. I never heard about that. Yeah, we've never asked. Four. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 60. What does Red wear on his episodes? left shoulder? That's for the old one, too. <laughs> well, he, so he's got one, and then uh, sort of on his other arm, he's got, sort of got like a leather V-strap. It's all sort of attached to the, the quiver and to stuff the quiver on his back as well as bow. And What's then his the rapier. What's pauldron for? Is it fashion? Is it... Got no, a utility? It's, it's because he always aims one way, right? It's it's always the shoulder that is that is out when he's got his hand extended. Mm-hmm. So he would have so, two, but he's an archer. Well, that's so. the thing. So his his forward arm, his left arm, is is more heavily armored, whereas his right hand is typically only has a half glove, which keeps his fingers exposed. Cool. Which means when he is, you know, if he ever needs to turn away from an incoming shot, his his left side is more likely to take the hit, whereas his right side is a little bit more exposed. It's that. also when he duels. That's a cool Because deal. the way he fights is is like fencing. So also when he draws with his right hand, he's not armored in his right hand so that he can actually move quicker with his right hand than his left. So what's beware then that's more typically tabaxi in, in traditional? I think she's got 
like she's wearing suede. So it's sure. animal hide, but yeah. it's treated in a really specific way. I think she's got like a bomber jacket type thing going on up top. Cool. But then she's got like a like a skirt. So it's like a skirt with huh. shorts on underneath yeah, and her tail like comes out the back. But like a lot of pieces, like like her yeah, she's kind of yeah. got a tank top type thing too where it's like leather straps and like again, hand wraps are really really popular mm-hmm. wraps because with tabaxis, whether it be feet or hands, we always want access to our claws. So wraps are always preferred unless you're red who typically dresses like a like a human, which is confusing. Yeah. And bee's ears are not clipped. Nope. No, neither Nor is, is her, her tail. tail. And what about Orin? Before we before we get into this episode, what's Orin wearing? Oh, Orin's wearing a bright little blue waistcoat and some mm. smart brown trousers. Cute. I think he's got like a, like a popper hat on top as well. And no shoes? Mm-hmm. And no, he doesn't wear shoes. And he's got like six instruments just yeah, strapped I was gonna ask. to his back. No shoes club, buddy. Um, and the reason that I am interested in all of this stuff is because it's almost the wedding day, but not quite yet. So you found the rear of the rock slide, and Green Whistle has begged you to come back through the cave system now that you've vanquished the monsters preventing him from reaching his beloved. What do you want to do now? I guess we got to go back to him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no sense staying here, although maybe tonight I'll come back and study that other room with the weird magical energy for a little bit. Well, I mean, once we get Green Whistle, we'll all want to come back here. I want to see who is bride to be is assuming that it's not a creature that's going to eat him i'm sure it's gonna be fine (laughs) i believe in love i also believe in love and i i truly believe that he's probably met somebody and i suppose if he crawls into that cave and it turns out to be one of those walking catfish that it'll just gobble him up anyways right (laughs) tabaxi look we can believe in love and still be cautious i feel like we've gone to a very binary way of thinking and that's not necessarily true let's just go back tell him and then Escort him to his true love, and then if everything is hunky, we'll watch them kiss or something. Is that what you do when you're in love? I don't really know. And I looked at Kraloth with big hard eyes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, bro. Tail bump. Oh, I don't have one. And neither do you. All right, let's go back. <laughs> okay. So you guys had back through the passages and caverns of this cave system, back into the entryway, I guess this little mini cave where the rope is dangling down from the hole that leads to the surface. And you see the silhouette above you of Green Whistle's horned head looking down. Oh, there you are. Hey, Green Whistle. Come on up. All right. And I climb back up. We've cleared the cavern out of all of the uh, monsters that were there within. Should be safe to bring you there. He, like, helps you guys all up out of the Uh, hole, offering uh, you his little arm. Truly, I have to thank you so much for helping me with this whole cave issue. This is amazing. Thank you, friends. Morella told me I would have to wait there inside the cavern for her on our wedding day. And now it's going to come true. Mm -hmm. Now that's all that's left is to make some preparations for our guests to arrive. Yeah, you'd mentioned guests. Who's who's coming to the wedding? Oh, well, some friends of mine. Uh, they should be arriving at any time now, actually. I'm kind of excited because it's it's been a while since I've seen some of them. And not to be stereotypical or anything, but satyrs love partying. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly. And I have to tell you, of course, you're invited as guests of honor at uh, the ceremony. I insist. Accept it. Well, if you've got some uh, friends coming, then we should maybe clear it so that your friends don't have to 
go all the way back here. Maybe we could start clearing away some of those boulders. That would be very amenable to me. I was going to ask if you had any trouble navigating the cave system, whether there was any kinds of spelunking. There were a couple griffs uh, and some big crabby-like things, but uh, other than that, we dispatched them pretty painfully. Oh, oh yeah, there was the, the, the giant uh, pit as well. Oh, yeah, and there's a big chasm. I really am not sure if red meant gricks or rifts, but both could be true. But this could also be a grift, and so we're... <laughs> <laughs> little bit of both. There was also a big pool. That could be fun. So you're not going to meet your beloved until tonight. Uh, well, the wedding is tomorrow morning, so... Well, I guess you're going to wait until the wedding day. Yeah. The other member of Team Awesome Boys is the only <laughs> one that sort of recognizes that there might be a bit of threat here. And I and Red sort of raises an eyebrow to Doran. And Doran looks at Red, but when Doran heard wedding in the cave, he got all giddy. Because, you know, he's thinking, oh, this is going to be like the olden days uh, with the weddings and in the mountains. So Red turns to Doran, thinking that Doran's going to have his back, like in terms of yeah. fighting this thing. And Doran's, Doran's all blushing. But butt and, is just yeah. blushing a little bit. <laughs> yes, a bum blush. So then Red shakes his head and looks towards Kraloth instead. And Kraloth looks a bit concerned as well. Ah, good. I got somebody. And then I take a half step towards Kraloth. I, look, I, I'm all in for love. I, I just want to make sure that this There's thing enough food for all the guests. I know exactly what oh, you Jesus. mean. And I take, <laughs> I, I, I take a half step towards Jack. And I'm like, Jack, tell me that I'm not the only voice of reason here. You must also think there might be a threat. There are all kinds of untold dangers in the Underdark. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Like, unimaginably horrible things. <laughs> all right, and Green Whistle's bride-to-be might be one. Maybe. Green Whistle looks up at you with these, like, saucer-shaped eyes, like, Red, you don't seriously think that my beloved would mean us harm? Listen here, Green Whistle. If there's one thing true about me, it's that I don't think... <laughs> It's true. Not even once. And like my finger just stays there and there's this, this this like empty gaze in Red's eye and he doesn't continue and he's like, all right, the what's next? breeze kind of blows <laughs> yeah. through his whiskers. Yeah. No, it blows through my ears and you hear like a, ooh, like a hollow sound. Uh, <laughs> like a, that's like, like, a like when you echo. blow on an empty bottle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get this wedding going. So, yeah, there's a little bit of housekeeping to be done, and Green Whistle's actually cleared up some of the glade, the forested glade where we've all been staying. Has he been, like, chewing it like a goat? Has he been, like, bent over, like, just chopping it? <laughs> He's cropped the grazing. grass. He's just like, wow. Yeah, grazing. <laughs> no, there's but, so much grass here to eat. As you guys notice, like, you go back through your encampment maybe to put your belongings down or, you know, get ready for this manual labor you're going to be doing ostensibly. He's, like, tidied up your workbenches. So, like, Doran's little forge station, you've got, like, your tongs, like, you know, nicely set out. And yeah. he's, like, dusted <laughs> around the fireplace and just kind of tried to make the place look a little bit neater. <laughs> He's put away everyone's laundry. <laughs> Somebody's moved my tools and, and dusted. What happened to the dust? That was my special dust. <laughs> I like this dust. I like to know where things are. That's why I keep it dusty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how do you deal with this cave-in? It's, like, pretty substantial. Just a bunch of boulders all all blocking this cave. Yeah. So, I, I know move earth can't move boulders. Correct. But 
I'm wondering if we could dig holes in front of boulders to push the big things into, and so it's less overall movement, so we sort of dig a hole to try mm, and... Yeah. Or even, what about underneath them, and just let them fall yeah. down as like the dirt slides around Yeah, that's, that's like, kind of my same is, thing, like yeah, angle right? of things, so they yeah. sort of fall in a controlled manner. Of course you can. And then and then <laughs> if that doesn't work, I'm thinking I'll take the decanter of endless water while you move Earth and we'll double whammy it like with a fire oh, hose. That's, that's brilliant. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. So what are what are Kraloth and Doran doing as Red is like aiming this decanter of water? <laughs> I love the image of Red holding this decanter of water cuz like cats and water are kind of not <laughs> yeah, great and like you like, shouting yeah! at it in to the be background like, Stop! it just goes flying Stop! by. Yeah. <laughs> not remembering the, the like key word that you use. Doran's got to be the foreman of this whole opportunity, though. He's the, oh, the yes. Well, Doran steps up, and he rolls up his sleeves, and he <laughs> puts a pot in his head. Starts climbing up onto the the very top of the boulders, and he starts... He's the one with the chalk, like, I know where to mark the X. Yeah. It's this rock. And then, you yeah. know, that's where they pay him the big bucks. Now, we're going to need some dynamite, I think. Don't have any. Maybe even... Uh, Not invented yet. Well, then we'll just have to get the, the chisel set. Would but magic work? Well, I, I got an idea. Yeah. And I hand the uh, decanter of endless water to, to Kraloth for a second. And I run off screen. I come back like five minutes later with a severed Umber Hulk claw. Because they, <laughs> they, they, they like cut through the stone, right? right so they have to be sharp. Right. And he's just like wow. dragging this Umber Hulk fucking claw. And he's That's like, That's brilliant. Hey, cool. hey, hey, Doran. That is yeah. really smart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I hand it to Doran. I'm like, this should cut through stone. Doran, are you able to fashion something out of it quickly? Like this, oh. like the uh, lobster claws, like get grab a hold of the tendon inside. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, just sticks orc splitter into it. Ultimately, I like I like what you guys have come up with, with using the, the move dirt. But isn't there also a heavy, move a heavy object? Um, <laughs> levitate. Heavy object. I love that spell. Yeah, I could, I could uh, <laughs> levitate things. Things if we don't expect it'd be only. like a, a very limited instance of well like maybe it's not a cantrip. I no. mean, I, I kind of like I like I like the ideas that you guys had, and I think we should use those. And so maybe whatever Doran does here isn't very successful. And let's say with the with the claw, he's able to lever one of the top boulders off, and it starts to come tumbling down like in a very very aggressive way towards the three of you. Maybe staying at the bottom of a pile. Ooh. Ah! Ooh. Oh, that's got to be the one that Jack catches in Levitate and just lifts in the air. So yeah, over us. good, good, good call. And Doran looks back, a little bit of a bum blush, and he says, Oh, I'm not really <laughs> sure. I almost squashed you guys. I uh, love that bum blush maybe, uh, has become a thing. It's canon. I'm it's so happy. Bum <laughs> Hashtag bum blush. Oh, sorry, guys. Hashtag bum blush has got to be the next <laughs> <Yeah>. sticker. <laughs> It's like Rudolph's nose. <laughs> it looks like those were the biggest boulders. Shouldn't be too much work for us to clear the rest out easily enough. We'll just take some time. Yeah, good luck, guys. And Red walks away towards the woods. <laughs> well, it's cool, Red, because as you head back towards the encampment, towards this forested glade, um, you notice that there's a couple of newcomers. Some of the <gasps> oh. guests have arrived. Acting as usher, Red like runs over and he's like, hello, welcome to the wedding of Green Whistle. And <laughs> How can I help you? <laughs> this is my um, there's a couple of other satyrs that have arrived. Uh, there are four of them. They're standing all around. They're carrying various musical instruments, and they've got colorful like backpacks on. Nice. And they're sort of in the middle of unloading the contents from these backpacks out onto the ground, sort of close to where Kraloth's cooking station is. And I'm like, I- I'm assuming you're with the groom's side. 
Oh, yeah. Hi. What's up? <laughs> uh, not much. What's your name? Uh, I'm Jax. It's so nice to be here. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> <coughs> oh, swallowed a gnat there. Ah. Um, this is Dragata, Zrelane, and Hasillo. Uh, Red, you said? Yeah. I'm friends of Green. Friend of I'm with Green Whistle. Oh, I mean, where where is he? It's been so long. Well, you know, he's getting ready, resting up, clearing the glade. And you look over, and he's like bent over in a weird goat thing. Stephen's next to him, and the two of them. Yeah, yeah the two of them are just chewing the grass. <laughs> Green Whistle like picks himself up and runs over. He's like, "Oh, friends, how are you?" It's Do so they nice greet to each see- other like goats? Like, ah! everyone's like. Ah! <laughs> it's a combination of like bro grabs where they run up and they just do like big hug yeah. and then also like ah! nice <laughs> maybe even like some horn clashing oh my god yes too? absolutely alex they, they run clashing. over to each other and do like a little bit of ramming like yeah. of each other's horns sort of playfully aggression and then yeah i picture there's like and... there's like his university pal is like you son of a bitch They've got like a weird you old so and so finally getting the old hoof. We never thought anyone had Linnail Green Whistle down, free like the wind. <laughs> yeah, and then Red continues off towards the woods, and as he gets there, he calls B over, and he's like, B, I need your help with a super secret wedding project. Oh, a wedding project? Yeah, well, we're gonna do an old tabaxi, and then the camera fades away as he whispers into her. Yeah, they her fade off into the distance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So over the course of the afternoon, more guests are arriving, you know, every half hour, 45 minutes. So there's this like shy dryad who sort of melds in with whatever tree trunk is nearby. You only catch glimpses of him. He sort of spends some time just observing from the edges of the clearing. And then you can sort of see his form as he moves from tree to tree. He's like shrub-like, covered in Mm. needles, but he seems friendly. He's just, you know, sort of keeping to himself. Mm. And then you see a wrinkly little figure with mossy green hair dressed in a garment Doran that looks strangely familiar to you. You realize this is Elmort Bottle River, the forest gnome. Oh, the guy who led us across the river. I loved him. He's traded out his patchwork smock in favor of the cultist robe that you gave him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He's he's savagely hemmed the garment to fit his tiny stature, but he's looking really good. He's like, oh, nice to see you again so soon. Oh, my friends. Uh, absolutely incredible fortune that we're all here. Can you believe it? I was hoping I would see you. Here you are, safe and sound. Doran returns all muddy from removing boulders with Kraloth and and Rob. Uh, Kraloth and Jack. (laughs) Rob, the wizard. (laughs) Maybe we are melding into the same person. I love it. Doran then would approach and give this gnome a big hug. You know. Come here, you little rascal, you. Uh, come <laughs> here. Uh, and he like squeezes him and makes his head almost pop, you know? Yeah, Elmore's like, <clears throat> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> now, let me get cleaned up. And of course, after I'm done hugging you, you're it's covered in mud. The gnome is now covered in mud and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other leaves and twigs. Ah, why don't you come take a swim with me? It'll be it, the water's fine. It'll be nice. We can we can scrub each other's backs. <laughs> It'll be nice. Sounded almost menacing. <laughs> well, that's what Doran does, and without any shame, he drops down to the nude and jumps into the water again. Oh, you know? uh, yeah, okay. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. You never say no to a dwarf in the nude. Always want to bathe with a dwarf whenever you have the chance. And there's like this scene of 
Doran scrubbing the gnomes back with his beard. <laughs> a beard. What is that thing called? Uh, and it like a exfoliating. loofah. A loofah, yeah. But your beard is the loofah. His beard loofah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little bit of blood on you. Oh, there's more blood on you. Oh, every time I wash it, this. Oh, me. <laughs> Dwarven culture is a trip, guys. <laughs> Doran culture is a trip. <laughs> yeah, really, Doran. Jack, you recognize some creatures as they arrive. These are pixies. Ooh. Yes, more fey creatures. Mm. And uh, sort What'd of. What'd you do with our dust? <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, tiny, so they're they're not fairies, but they're you know. Tinkerbell. Yeah, I would say like a little bigger than a Tinkerbell. Ah. Probably like, I don't know, oh, like eight in inches tall or so. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. A Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell is a unit of measurement. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> it's like a, it's like one and, it's like two and a half Tinkerbells. Whoa. Oh God, what does that half look like? <laughs> 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 and uh, they make themselves comfortable. Kieran, we should go introduce ourselves to someone. Who do you want to go meet? Um, Great question, boss. Do you see that dryad? Yeah, I've never talked to a dryad. We should we should go say hi. This is the perfect opportunity. Would, there'll never be another one. As soon as you know the wedding kicks off, you know how hectic they get. We might never get a chance. We let me just get a journal, and we'll we'll be right over there. So cute. So you guys make your way over to make a new friend. Absolutely. Two shy folks. I'm reminded of uh, a high harvest tide when you and Naxine put your heads together and just talked wizardly shit all evening. Yeah. And then Red and B sort of come out of the woods after a few hours. They look a little bit like they've been working on a project and they sort of join the, the rest of the group. And as the afternoon wanes on and Green Whistle introduces everyone to the satyrs and the pixies and the dryad makes a an appearance. He lets you all know, like, I'm honored that you all come to my wedding here in the high forest. Obviously, it's a really magical place. And I just, I think that this is going to be an occasion for, uh, for all of us to remember for maybe the rest of our lives. And, you know, satyrs like to party, so let's fucking get down. <laughs> <laughs> he just holds the most raucous fae bachelor party. And that's when you see Doran arrive with nicely combed back <laughs> hair. Like He's looking the cleanest you've ever seen him. All right, party down tonight. Party down! <laughs> the pixies do something really interesting. They are starting to make a concoction for everyone. Ooh. So they're hanging out by the hot springs, and they have these decanters of flower water that they put out in the darkness. As night comes on and moonlight starts streaming through the canopy of Shadowtop Cathedral, they put these decanters of flower water in these shafts of moonlight. You watch as they drop a little something into each decanter of water and the something that they drop in, this little particle, starts jumping and fizzing inside the water and the water turns a dark purple color. Hmm. And then they pass it around to everybody. Oh. Yeah. And Red like walks up and takes the tray like it's shots and starts handing it out. One for you and one for you and one for you. Oh. We're going to party Mazdakin style. Oh boy. <laughs> and he holds it up high and like takes a shot back. And that's <sighs> when I imagine music breaks into, oh yeah, God. effect. Absolutely. Yeah. All the satyr bring their instruments out and they're playing music long into the night. They're eating ravenously, kind of like 
you know, piggishly almost. It's like crumbs of honeyed cake are flying everywhere. They've brought these huge, like, flasks. Not flasks. These wineskins. They brought these huge wineskins full of this delicious ruby red wine that they, like, drink greedily from and then pass around. Elmort gets drunk with the satyrs. <laughs> After one sip. So who is drinking this wine? Oh, I take, the, a, I take uh, a shot. You take a shot? Doran's in there like a dirty shirt. Oh, it's interesting, Doran. Um, one of the pixies, as she's about to hand you a little flask, she sort of looks at you and she's like, dwarves usually don't like this. Really? Well, let me try it. And then... Doran takes a big swig. You go for it. I feel like yeah. Red's standing right next to Red and Doran. Mm-hmm. And I, I hold it up and I'm like, Tame awesome, boys! And I cheers you as we both down it. Yeah. Shots. Yeah. Like our, our wooden cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's subtle in flavor. It's like very floral. You know, this is something that elves would fucking dig. But, you know, it's, it's no, like, heavy alcohol. However, the moment that this fluid passes down your throat and into your body you just feel silly (laughs) induces this frivolous behavior and for the next couple of hours you guys are inclined to do just silly stuff (laughs) just whatever is like super silly why this is just flavorless little it's not it's it's not it's not really tasty at all in fact it's it, it's kind of got no taste to it. I, I need something a little stronger. And, he's, and he reaches over and he pokes Red's belly, you know? He says, I need something a little stronger in my belly. I don't know about you, but I, I need something in my belly to, a little bit stronger than you got in yours. And Red sees Doran just like acting a fool. And then he looks down at his empty cup and goes, I don't think mine's working. Oh, there's more. There's uh, more. It's just kind of a social lubricant. I'll take another one. You do another shot of Feywine. Doran does get up on the table and he starts to dance and sing in an outrageous sort of fun lovingness and, mm-hmm. you know, wrapping his arms around every satyr and fey mm-hmm. oh, creature yeah. in the room. And Red gets up on the table too. <laughs> Let's dance, Doran! And Red and Doran start dancing around. On I'm table. really enjoying this very much, but have you got any mead? Because I like the taste of that better. Kraloth, what are you doing this whole time? I, I think that Kraloth is just sitting back, and he's sitting down next to. Uh, he's sitting down on a. Are tree. you undead? Are you undead? <laughs> you undead? <Are> you? <laughs> no. Okay. What are you? You undead? You look kind of weird. Uh, are you undead? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, he's not worried at all. He's he's got this you know very blissful, almost motherly look on his face as he sits on a big tree root, Aww. and he's just watching. As the pixies float above the tables, dancing and giggling between the boughs. And he sees Doran and Red on the table doing a jig with Almort and um, Green Whistle. And he sees the other satyrs playing on the stage and some people splashing in the water. And he just smiles to himself and to the scene before him and just savors it. Just lets it all soak in because it's sometimes he doesn't see this vivid these vivid colors yeah i love it i want everyone to make a wisdom save Uh oh that's right we're rolling dice tonight oh Oh, yeah well i got a one oh 14 four oh i got a 18 all right so 
it is just as you are observing the goings on Kraloth with this motherly love, this care and attention and appreciation for the celebration of life and love and bringing together of people in this holy place, just kind of a wholesome night that you see uh, a fucking badger walk by. A badger. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and then hot on its tail, a tortoise. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. Jack, this badger is you. Okay. Uh, Doran, this tortoise is you. You've both been polymorphed by uh, <laughs> Devil May Care Pixie, who's interested in making things just a little bit more ridiculous tonight. So, <laughs> uh, so Doran, you are you just you one moment are dancing on the table with some satyrs, and now I feel like Red looks over and he's like, ah, Doran looks away, and then looks back, and he's just gone, and there's like a like a mist yeah. of magic, and I'm like. Where'd you go? There's a tortoise with a beard. <laughs> oh, just... well, hello, turtle friend. And I bend down. And I'm like, you have a nice little beard. And I go to like tickle his face. I'm feeling awfully small and slow. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I think you got turned into a turtle. And I pick him up and I lift him high above my head. Why? <laughs> turtle Darren! <laughs> and there's like a cheer across the crowd. Yay! <laughs> turtle Darren! And I start pouring beer into the turtle's mouth. Jack, uh, one moment you are maybe observing the lights uh, and the way that the constellations are just barely visible through the shadow top trees here. And then the next moment you have a, a, a yeah. fucking fairy just flies by your face and then you are a it's badger. Like you suddenly have a taste for grubs. There's definitely a, a moment of like, fucking what just happened? Okay. I get it, polymorph. I tried to do this a minute ago. I I get what's happening to me. <laughs> Nobody's going to be mad if I start digging because I'm a badger. I don't know any better. I can know what shadow top roots look like now. I'm going to go figure out where they go and just start digging a hole under a tree oh. to figure out how all the roots work. Even as a badger, he's a nerd. You're the guy at a party who's like, but what are the ingredients of this alcohol I'm imbibing? <laughs> I'm reading the fucking label. Honestly, I was really trying to figure out how much moonlight was an important ingredient to Feywine, and how that, like, that, that's, there were some notes on that yes, before yes. I... Uh, I mean, you probably spoke with one of the pixies who was making, and they're, like, telling you about how it's a raisin from the Feywild that they dropped into the decanter of water, and uh, then all of a sudden she's like, oh, and by the way... Badger. <laughs> Fair. All right. That's what I get. I'm imagining you said that entire spiel, though, about seeing the roots out loud. Oh, for sure. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're a little drunk or something, but you're just like, you're a badger, and then Kraloth's looking at you kind of funny, and then all of a sudden you start talking. <laughs> so he's like, ah, okay, it's Jack. <laughs> it's just a badger in a jaunty cap. And then yep. Kraloth Red runs up to you holding a turtle, <laughs> and you see Red, like, he's like, swaying, he's like, turtle Doran! <laughs> and he turns around and starts running around again, and again, the crowd just cheers. You just see Red's hand held up high between the people and a turtle between, and the turtle's just, like, kicking wildly. I need some lettuce. and i get turtle doran lettuce (laughs) so after a little while as turtle doran is like eating a piece of lettuce uh the crowd is like getting at its climax Mm -hmm. and rowdy and red turns to oran and i'm like oran pull and you see red standing on top of a table and oran has like these like handfuls of these little clay jars okay and he chucks one of them up, and you see Red sort of take aim with his bow, and he fires. And I'm going to cast Fairy Fire 
And what happens as I smash this little clay pot filled with sand is every little granular piece of sand gets immediately imbued with this red fairy fire. And like a Ooh. firework gets set off Ooh. over everybody in the in the woods. And everyone's exactly like that. They're like, ooh. And I'm like, again! And he throws another one, and I cast it in, like, blue and then green. And there's, like, these little, like, pops of fireworks in the middle of the forest. That's worth inspiration. That's ah. inspiration. I love that. So 100%. red and orange go skeet shooting, which becomes fireworks magically. Nice. Plus, if we need it, we also have advantage against the sand. <laughs> Thanks again to our great old one Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans and Mitchell Cardwell, as well as our shamers, Doug Churchman, Colin Burkhart, and Merlin. You make all of this possible. See you around the table. Who did the weenie clap? Who did it? I heard a weenie clap. Uh-oh. Might have been me. It was like a, it was like this. Me, I did it. I'm a weenie. Oh. I'm a, I, I own my weeniness. Nothing is less satisfying than a weenie clap. Unless you're clapping a weenie. Thank you very much. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.